Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today we're going to take a bit of a, a bit of a shift. Uh, I will do a little bit of teaching and uh, not just preaching as the Lord instructed me to minister on the subject of overcoming the spirit of fear. Fear is very real uh, and we all of us from time to time are experiencing attacks from the enemy through this evil spirit of fear which causes us to um, see things uh, in a different light. And um, I, want to, I want to read a couple of scriptures before we go into the lesson tonight. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, the second epistle of Timothy chapter 1, we're going to read two verses, verse 6 and verse 7, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version as well as the Amplified Classic, the Amplified Classic Translation. So let's uh, begin with the New King James Version, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, the Apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son, he reminds him and he says to him, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now let's go to the Amplified Classic, and it reads this way. That is why I would remind you to stir up, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind, and discipline, and self-control. Praise God for His Word. Praise God for His promises. Now, you all know that a while ago, I preached and taught extensively on the value and the importance of fanning the flame of God's gift within us as a means of overcoming and the very challenges that we face from day to day. God's gift of the Holy Spirit to us is the answer and the means by which we live on a supernatural level in the Spirit. And the Scripture says that the gift of God within us enables us to live an overcoming life, one that is pleasing to the Lord, by being fruitful in every good work. So we've taught on that subject extensively, and I shared with you some of the ways that we fan the flame of God's gift within us so that we are elevated on a higher level 
and are able to overcome whatever the enemy throws at us. But the devil knows this as well, and he knows it very well. He knows that if he does not stop the work of the Spirit within us and somehow uh, quench him, the believer will ultimately uh, tear down his kingdom. And because of this, he releases his most destructive weapon by which he intimidates and manipulates the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that weapon is the spirit of fear. We need not to underestimate this evil spirit of fear. Fear is one of the most destructive weapons of the devil, and he uses it more than any other because it's effective and it cripples and paralyzes the church if we give room to it. The more we open our lives to the spirit of fear, the more control he gains over us. And therefore it's important to recognize where fear is dominant in our lives and begin to resist, rebuke, and cast it out of our lives. You see, the devil himself is full of fear. And those he governs, those he controls, and those he manipulates, he does it through fear and intimidation. You see, I liken the spirit of fear like the serpent's poison, that once it gets into your system, it paralyzes you. And slowly, slowly, begins to squeeze the life out of you, rendering the church ineffective where the kingdom of God is concerned. You see, fear has such an ability, once it is received into our mind and drops down into our heart, to make us see things or believe things that are totally unreasonable. They make no sense. Fear will paint such pictures in our imagination that will cause you to make foolish decisions, say foolish words, and lead you eventually down a path of destruction. And so, unless this spirit is recognized, resisted, and cast out of our lives through the Word of God and through the promises of God, it will keep us in the prisons of ineffectiveness. And there are many kinds of fear. Fear that will make us barren and unfruitful in the kingdom of God. You see, over and over again in the scriptures, you will find that the scripture commands us not to fear, but to believe. How often have you read both in the Old Testament and in the New, fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. Over and over, the Lord instructs us and literally commands us not to give place to the spirit of fear. Someone said that there are 365 scripture references which instruct us not to be afraid. In other words, one for each day of the year. Why is that? Because fear is destructive. And there are many kinds of fear. 
I know people who are afraid of, um, of spiders. They literally go into a, 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 um, a panic when they see a spider close to them. They are afraid. There is fear of sickness. There is fear of disease. There is a fear of death. There is a fear of the dark. There is a fear of heights. All of these are different kinds of fears, but they have one goal, and that is to paralyze you, to make you ineffective, to lock you into a prison of not doing anything. I mean, fear, for example, will, will, will say to you, well, don't climb up the ladder because you're going to fall down. Don't get into your car and drive because you're going to have an accident. I mean, they are these kind of fears, they're totally unreasonable, and they paint pictures in your imagination that are the most negative and horrible uh, uh, imaginations. In other words, you imagine the worst. Fear will also cause you to have nightmares during the night. If you allow fear to dwell in your mind long enough and drops down into your heart, it will paralyze you. It will torment you because fear has to do with torment. You will not experience peace, rest, or the promises of God unless you resist and cast out that spirit of fear. Have you wondered why? The Apostle Paul, right after verse 6, he puts verse 7, right after he says to Timothy to fan the flame of God's gift within him, not to receive the spirit of fear. He says to him, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why? Because fear can silence and quench the very gift of God within us. And that's what the enemy is after. Therefore, we ought to rebuke fear whenever we sense that fear coming, because fear comes through what we hear, through what we see, and through our what we feel. You have a feeling, and all of a sudden you start panicking that you have some kind of inc incurable disease. And while I was in the United States, particularly in Colorado, I felt some unusual manifestations or symptoms on my body and I could sense that spirit of fear trying to to manipulate me to harass me and I recall straight away I went to the Lord about it and as I sat before the Lord in prayer just one sentence from God took the sting of fear out of my heart and how I thank the Holy Spirit who lives within us who guides and leads us daily into all truth, who makes us see things as they really are, not as they appear to be. I have one of my favorite sayings, which I say to myself almost daily is, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I am only moved by what I believe, and I believe the word of the living God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue or every thought that rises up against me, I will condemn. For this is my heritage as a servant of the Lord. We need to be trained how to resist, how to rebuke and overcome 
all these kinds of fears. There's a fear of failure. People are afraid to take risks and step out in faith because they are afraid they're going to fail. Of course you're going to fail. That's how you learn. But the fear of failure keeps them in the shadows rather than stepping out into the light of God's glory and being obedient to what God says. Fear will make you withhold things from God that you should not because you are afraid. There's a fear of lack as well, fear of poverty, many kinds of fear. But let me say this to you, fear is an enemy. It is an unclean spirit sent from the pit of hell in order to make you ineffective and unproductive in the kingdom of God. Afraid to witness, afraid to share the gospel because you've been intimidated or because you've been uh, rejected and so on and so forth. So we need to recognize this. And, and, and I pray, Lord, show me, is there any area in my life that I am allowing the spirit of fear to have control in my mind or in my thoughts or in my decisions? I have seen close friends in the days that both my wife and I lived in, uh, in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, during the takeover of the government where the black government came into power and the atmosphere was literally charged with fear for our lives, fear of the future, fear of what would happen. And I've watched our dearest friends selling the possessions and the buildings and the businesses for nothing and getting out of the country because they were motivated by the spirit of fear. And it almost influenced my wife and I. I thank God for the promise of God, for the Holy Spirit. I refuse to move by fear. And you need to say that to yourself. I refuse to make any decisions that are motivated by the spirit of fear because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind that makes wise decisions in every circumstance of life. We should not panic, we should not be afraid, and we should not be in a hurry to make decisions that are motivated by the spirit of fear. Are you listening to me? And literally, I've watched those dear friends selling their houses for nothing because they were afraid. They wanted to get out of the country at any cost because they were afraid. And the more they watched the news of the day, the more afraid they became. That's why we have to watch our ear gate and our eye gate, because that's how fear attacks. Amen? So guard your eyes and guard your ears. That is why the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22, My son, my daughter, attend to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Listen to what God is saying, not what the enemy is spewing out. And we need to have a spirit of discernment. We need to test the spirits, the Bible says. First John, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. You see, spirits are thoughts that the enemy often throws into our minds. Therefore, we need to test them. Where did this thought come from? And you can discern. 
Does it communicate fear? Does it communicate panic? Does it make you afraid? Does it uh, rob you of your peace? It's not from God. God will never come to you with a report that will rob you of the peace of God or will cause you to be afraid. There's a fear of sickness. The moment, the moment they hear the word or you hear the word cancer, immediately that sting of fear grips you. We got to be very careful that we do not receive every spirit or believe every spirit. We need to learn how to resist and cast out. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. The person who is fully convinced that God loves him is not afraid, no matter what he goes through. The word of the Lord says, even though you walk through the river, they will not overflow you. Do not be afraid. Fear not. And even though you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Do not be afraid. No matter what fiery trial you are facing, the worst thing is the fear that goes with it. If the sting of fear is taken out of that trial, you will laugh in the midst of the most fiery trial. When the Lord spoke those words to my heart, and I could literally sense the sting of fear leaving my, my mind, I began to sing and I began to laugh at the devil. And I said, Mr. Devil, throw your best shot. I'm standing and I'll continue to stand. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear, I cast you out of my mind. I will have nothing to do with you, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. So be aware, be on the lookout, be on your guard. Do not be afraid. There is also fear of the future. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. God is for you, not against you. Amen. You see, fear operates the same way faith operates. And it is released by what you see and by what you hear, or sometimes by what you feel through your physical senses. Things that we hear on a daily basis. That's why you should be very, very choosy and discerning what you allow to come through your ears or what you allow to come through your eye gate. Things that we see in the natural realm, as well as through feelings of our natural body. Now, let me give you a couple of examples from the scripture just to drive home how this spirit uh, of fear operates. Remember David and Goliath? We're going to read a portion of scripture from 1 Samuel. Please, if you have your Bibles, uh, I, I encourage you to open your Bibles. We're going to read, uh, I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to read a few verses beginning with verse 4 through 11 just to give you a background of what was going on when Goliath showed up. Here are two armies that are arrayed against each other. On the one side were the Philistines, on the other side were the Israelites. And here, beginning with verse 4, we read, 
and a champion went out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, almost ten feet. Can you imagine? He was a giant. He stood tall ten feet. Just imagine the height of this man. And he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of, ma of mail, and the coat weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze uh, shin armor on his legs and a bronze javelin across his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like the weaver's beam. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. Now, I cannot tell you what, what that is in modern weights, but you can imagine, very heavy. And a shield-bearer went before him, and Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man from yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and servants. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Do you see how Goliath intimidated the entire army, including the king of Israel? with fear. They saw his stature, they heard his words, and the next thing the Bible says they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were already stung by this spirit of fear, and they were paralyzed. Now, that's until David showed up. <laughs> Praise God for uh, the little youngster who was anointed with the Spirit of God. You see, David had a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit. He was anointed by God. He knew that he had a covenant with God. So, let's read further. And the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who has come out? Surely he has come out to defy Israel. And the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from taxes and service in Israel. And David said to the men standing by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For, listen to David's words, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. You see, faith enabled David to see through this man, even though he had such a stature and spoke vile words against the armies of Israel, David saw through him and saw him as a man without a covenant with God. 
That's why he called him an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, his strength was flesh, and that's all. He had no God. He had no covenant with God. He was already defeated before the battle began. And David saw through him. That's what faith enables us to see. To see things as they really are, not as they appear to be. I want to say that again because it's so important. Faith in God enables you to see through things. To see things as they really are and not as they appear to be. And David saw right through this man and that is why he said, This day I will take your head off of your shoulders because you come to me with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And David went and did exactly what he said by faith he would do. Faith in God's promises enables you to discern and understand and see things from God's perspective, not from man's perspective. That is why every situation needs to be examined and discerned from God's point of view, from the Word's point of view, from the promises of God's point of view, rather than through your natural senses or your natural understanding. David saw through him, and he saw him as a man who was defenseless against the name of the Lord God. So look at the situation that you might be going through right now. Whether it's sickness or disease that is attacking your body, whether it's a financial situation that you might be going through, and, you, and it, causes, it causes you to fear or tempts you to fear and panic and hold back from doing what you know is right to do. See it from God's perspective. Let the faith of God rise up within you. Go to the promises of God concerning the situation that you might be facing and allow the Spirit of God to open your eyes so that you may see things as they really are and not as they appear to be. Are you with me? Very important. Now let's look at another example. As, we, as I close the lesson today and we go into communion. Elisha and his servant. If you're a Bible scholar, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you will know what I'm talking about. The king of Syria was angry with Elisha because any time the king of Syria gathered his generals and, uh, and, and devised a strategy against Israel, the prophet would know about it. And he would tell the king of Israel, and they would defeat the enemy. And so when the king of Syria discovered this, he sent an army to capture Elisha. And let's pick it up from 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 11 through to 17 from the Amplified Classic. Therefore, the mind of the king of Syria 
was greatly troubled by this thing. He called his servants and said, Will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who is the traitor among us? Who's the one who is telling the king of Israel what we are planning here in our chamber? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. He said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. And it was told him, He is in Dothan. So the Syrian king sent their horses, chariots, and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now listen. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city. Elisha's servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He started to panic. By what he saw, and Elisha answered, Fear not, fear not, no matter what you're facing, no matter what comes against you, the first thing you need to do and to know, not to be afraid, not to give room to the spirit of fear, because the more room you give it, the more it gains control and slowly, slowly takes over your thought life, takes over your words, takes over your decisions. Do not acknowledge fear in your life. King David said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I will fear no evil. You see, we need to set our will against this spirit. Fear is not your friend, it's your enemy, and you've got to see it as such. The worst poison you can drink is the spirit of fear. And he says, alas, what are we going to do? And Elisha answered, fear not. Why? Why does the Bible tell you not to fear? Here is the reason. For those with us are more than those with them. You need to know that those that are against you are less. Those that are with you are more than those that are against you. Praise God. God is on our side. Holy angels are on our side. The Spirit of God lives within us. There is no reason whatsoever to allow fear to dominate our thoughts, our words, or our decisions. Because God is with us and for us. Amen. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. And that's what we need to be praying daily, folks. Lord, open my eyes, open my spiritual sight that I may see things as they really are, not as they appear to be. As they really are, not as they appear to be. That's what we need to be praying. Lord, open my understanding, open my eyes, give me revelation knowledge and spiritual understanding that I may discern and see through things, not see them as they appear to be, but as they truly are. Then the Lord opened the eyes 
the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw. What did he see? The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. Now, those chariots, those horses did not just appear when the servant's eyes were. They were there all the time. Amen? But it takes faith to see the unseen. It takes faith to see what surrounds you. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him. For what? In order to rescue and deliver them from all evil. Stephen and I, while we were in Florida, uh, uh, Anna was driving us around, and I don't know, she got distracted, and uh, she, she turned, she was about to turn where she was not, but it was not time to turn, my goodness, and Stephen shouted, he was sitting on the front seat, Auntie Anna, stop! Immediately she put on the brakes. That was the angel of the Lord protecting us. If she had gone, if she had turned, when she decided to turn, <laughs> Stephen says, we would have been T-bones, both of us. <laughs> but the angel of the Lord was with us, folks. And I cannot tell you how many times we've experienced the protection of the Lord. Why? Because those that are with us are more than those who are against us. They were there all the time. But it takes faith to see the unseen. And when the servant's eyes were opened, he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots and the armies of the living God. Read the entire chapter and you will see what happens next. And so... That's what faith does. And so I encourage you, do not give room to the spirit of fear, no matter what it is. And pray and ask the Lord to show you areas of your life that the enemy operates through fear. Because fear will open the door to the evil one. Job said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. You see, fear will open the door to the devil just like faith will open the door to God. And the enemy cannot touch you, cannot do anything to you unless you allow him or give him room. And one of the ways that we give him room or we open the door to him is by allowing and receiving the spirit of fear, no matter what kind of fear it is. And write it down. Are you struggling with this kind of fear? Write it down and go to the Bible. Go to the Word of God and find promises in relation to what you are afraid and meditate on that Word and quote that Word and read that Word again and again and let the Word of God come into your heart and into your mind and that spirit of fear will have no longer room to operate or to harass you in any way. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but you've given us the spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. And I pray tonight, Father, 
I pray that you would deliver your people from all these kinds of fear. Fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear of disease, fear of death, fear of lack, fear of the future. Whatever other kind of fear, I take authority over it and I break its hold and power over your people and we cast it out in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for you've given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind that makes wise decisions, decisions that are motivated by faith and trust in the living God. We give you praise for it and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.